Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, good evening, everybody. And look at that. Would you believe it? It's me who's talking first tonight. Very warm welcome. It is day four of the William Hill World Dance Championship. And this is the Fallout Bar being brought to you by our friends at Boyle Sports, the greatest betting company on the planet. And uh, anybody who watched Thursday night's show will remind me that uh, I need to remind myself that I say Boyle Sports. Make sure that you go and sign up to them and make sure you're betting with them throughout the World Darts Championship. Jonathan, alongside you to talk through some darts that's happened today. Apparently, there's been a lot of darts going on. Not much to talk about after... Uh, a day that's followed uh, just the uh, Michael Van Gerwen going through to round three in a decent scrap and uh, the second nine data within 12 hours. Uh, Jack Gobbard-Garwood, Cam McFarlane joins us on the show. Gob, we'll start with you this evening. Uh, having a welcome break, I'm sure, from hosting the show uh, tonight. Uh, first of all, I wasn't on last night. But what a night it was, and we repeated the feat. You wait for nearly nine months for a nine data on telly, then two come along at once. Firstly, you weren't on last night because I demoted you. I relegated you for the night for your bad actions the night before. You were and also serving a suspension, if you and like. Also, and also the fact that I was with my partner as well before she flew out home back to Ireland. We'll gloss over that. Yeah, yeah, it's far funnier when I just give you abuse yeah, and right, take it. Yeah, and then, yeah, look, another night out. This time in vain, it wasn't quite the same. It was to win a set, not quite to win the match. A little bit different in that regard. Um, didn't really get a lot else from that match from that certain person. I don't have to ask because after producing that, struggled to really do a great deal else. Yeah, let's be frank about it. Uh, it was Dart was Nick Good on the doubles. We will come on to that in just a moment. Cam, welcome back, my friend. Uh, from night one, uh, we, we are on night four. Um, your thoughts overall on a day that really hasn't been full of drama? Let's be frank about it. No, not really. Other than other than the nine, which 
kind of brought on the preview this morning, they had something to live up to after the night before. Um, I didn't think they would live up to it quite in the fact that we'd get another one so soon, but it was it was good to see. Didn't really, like we say, didn't really follow it up from there though, did he? And yeah, there was not really much close action at any point today, was there? Um, yeah, really. it was a bit. <clears throat> it all kind of went how we thought it would go. Other than... A couple of games threatened it. The opener, yeah. in particular, threatened to be a good scrap. Yeah, it, it was a good it, scrap, it, nonetheless. To be fair, even at, even at three one, but you wouldn't have been yeah, disappointed kind of, if that had gone all the way. Yeah, it just kind of threatened for moments. Like the, the Ted Everett Jim Williams game kind of threatened it for a little bit when Everett finally hit a double right, after a break out into a dart of yeah. of missing <laughs> doubles. Um, yeah, after other than that, though, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a lot really. Scott Mitchell's probably watching that performance of the first two sets of Everett's going, oh, someone someone else can't throw doubles, but we will plot, <laughs> so we will come on to that. I think, as he, actually, I think he actually beat Scott, Scott's efforts, I think. Yes, <laughs> yes, he did, definitely. Uh, right, so let's talk about the games of this afternoon. We'll start with the afternoon session, everybody, and then we're going to come on to talk about MVG last of all. Normally, we'd talk about this first of all, obviously, because it was a really good game, but we're hoping and praying that Philip Bars, who's interviewing Marco Van Gogh, and as we speak, drops us a clip of him uh, in the show. Before we get going, please make sure that you do like, subscribe to this channel as well. It massively helps us. Uh, we have now got to 18.3k subscribers. Are we potentially going to get to 18.5 before the break? Potentially, definitely. Uh, so uh, anything that, if you are watching us for the first time, hello and welcome. If you're watching us, there's a lot of people are uh, in the chat room who are uh, regulars to the show. Uh, Wanita watching us from Australia. Normally we'd say hello to you, but you're bashing us currently in the cricket. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but she did say like this stream. Can I just pull you off before yeah. we say hello to anymore? Is uh, possibly definitely your own version of Oasis. Is it definitely maybe? Is that what it was? <laughs> what was that? Sorry. You just went, possibly, definitely, we're going to get to 18,500. I was like... <laughs> it's been a long day already. <laughs> like, definitely, maybe. We're just throwing obscure Oasis references around once more. Yeah, why not? Go for Liam it. Liam uh, not playing again. You're <laughs> not starting that. <laughs> Louis Van Gaal. Back in school, hopefully. Uh, Louis Van Gaal says, what's up, guys? Is it the Louis Van Gaal's army bloke? I don't, is it actually that bloke that's, the, uh, that's there? If it is, fantastic stuff. Good evening, Mike, as well, in the chat room. Uh, good evening to GW Wayne, Collins in the chat room as well, Matthew Macy's there, Brandon, Jamie, Terence, Malachi's there as well, Rose is in. Uh, a very, very warm welcome to you all. We, need to, we will come on to Mr. Raymond Smith in just a little bit, but let's talk about that nine data to start with. Gentlemen, Cam, the moment that everyone thought, it's still being talked about now, Willie uh, Borland's thing over nine data has been viewed over 5 million times on the PDC Twitter feed alone. That doesn't include Sky Sports' one as well. 5 million people. And you just thought, well, that's the drama. Game of the tournament sorted. And whilst game of the tournament, you thought, we're never going to get another nine. We very rarely get two in the same tournament. We get two in 24 hours. Yeah, not even 24 hours. I mean, 12, 15 hours, whatever it was. It was not not very long between them. And yeah, like you say, a bit like buses. We weren't expecting... Weren't expecting two to come along so quickly. It wasn't quite as exciting as the one the night before, which was just unbelievable. Never, there's never been anything of the like. Never, never seen anything like. There hasn't ever been anything of the like before in our in our sport. But the one today, it was 
it was a really good leg from him and he kind of was he just came too early in the match if anything probably because he struggled to to live up to that again after that point um one thing i did pick up on when i'm watching it was just the fact that the excitement of trying to hit the nine when he came back for that last visit for the 147 every single dart was probably about the same amount from the bottom right edge of the bed on all three darts um so that was slightly off offline on where he was but he was still good enough to get them all in the bed thing is i don't appreciate we've had two nine darts in the same day before you come and uh, jump in of course terry jenkins and carl anderson i could see what you were telling it's not even that this is the third time i, I literally I, I got offered a trivia question earlier about the 2009-2010 pfa team of the year and my response to that was to offer how who has hit a pv uh, a world championship nine data this is the third time we've had two nine daughters in the same world championships one more would be the record we've oh, never yeah. had three. Oh, interesting. Well, thank you very much for that uh, stat of the day. Really do appreciate your time. Uh, moving on quickly. Uh, <laughs> moving on <laughs> off of the Labanowskis nine data. Um, that was the highlight of what was, let's be frank about it, a pretty poor performance, particularly on the outer ring for Lucky D. And Mike Decker taking advantage of an opportunity that was presented to him by Charles Losper. Um and now into round two, but a really, I, I thought a really poor performance at the end, really, from Lucky Day, personally. Great for me, but sub-90 averages between the pair. Look, there's been a lot of talk about how good the standard of this year has been. I feel it's been a little bit scrappy. There's been some games that have been really good viewing, um, but obviously the larger they make this field, the more they keep expanding this tournament, the more you're going to get the odd game where players are just not producing that 95 96 average that we see so often on the on the floor and on the pro tour obviously you have to take into account how recently some of these guys have played in front of a crowd especially one of this size um it's only really been since what march april since they started laying fans back into a large part of of darts as well so and look there's a bloody good chance that they don't get to see it after boxing day as well at this rate in the country so um make the most of it while you can guys um but yeah look Without being disrespectful, it, it wasn't the best performance from either. But Mike Decker, as you say, make it, taking advantage of that late call up due to uh, Charles's withdrawal, um, and he's into the he's into the next round. And the big news as well is that with that, he has pretty much kept his tour card with that win as well. So a big, big result there for Mike Decker. In fact, let's hear from him after that victory over Darius Lavanowskis speaking in his press conference. I think Steve has a lot more experience than than, than I do because it's his 30 31st Worlds, so he'll be be able to cope with the crowd and and the booing and because you know it's gonna happen, so uh, he's experienced enough to 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 block that out and play his own game. He's talking there, Camp, about obviously there's a certain queen of the palace returning to the World Dance Championship, which I'm sure. No. She's not back tomorrow. I haven't seen any adverts for that. They should definitely have mentioned it on Sky at some point. To be fair, I thought that she'd again be changed to Friday, given the state of the talking that they were doing at that point on Friday afternoon. They didn't even mention the fact there were four games going on in the afternoon. It was all talking about Balanchero. There's another thing that I'm going to talk about a little bit later on about Michael Mangerin. I bet you are. Here we go. I need to, and I've got a lot of stuff that needs to get off my chest at this point. Um, 
Cam, moving on though, talking about this, the fact that he can come back from that defeat to Fallon Sherrick when he when he when he she won five nil as well, by the way. And he's come back and won this game today and now saved his tour card. That shows the character that you need in order to try to make it on the, to the PDC top sixty four. Definitely. And and we all know he can play better than he played today as well. Today for him was about getting a result and especially up against someone who's won the first set against him, fired in a nine. He's gone out there and he, okay, he's not the best sort of sc- scoring game in the world. He's only averaged about just under 90, but he was pretty solid on the outer ring. He was just over 40%, I think. Pretty good under pressure when he needed to be and never really looked in bother other than that first set. Right. Uh, quick question from Marcus. Can someone tell me why Ravage John Rodriguez is ahead of Scott Waits on the tour card race? They're both on 45k. I will tell you the reason for that when we get on to Ravage John Rodriguez's match and we'll explain it then, Marcus. So hold fire. We will come back to that question uh, a little bit later on. But, Gob, let's touch on the first game of the day. And Raymond Smith, I- I'll be honest with you, I didn't know much about Raymond Smith coming into this World Darts Championship, but I do know a lot about him now. The Aussies are taking over, not just on the cricket field, but on the darting stage as well in London. A very, very good win against Jamie Hughes. Yeah, I think we've got five of them in this year's tournament, which is an absolute oh. record. Um, and obviously the intriguing subplot that when we look ahead to tomorrow... Raymond's son is opening up the action tomorrow afternoon. We all thought we would see a father-son combination at the World Championship, given Stephen John Brown's tour cards this year, but we've actually got it from the complete opposite side of the world. Um, This was one of the most impressive performances of the day for me because Jamie Hughes was not poor by any stretch of the imagination, um, a struggled of injury earlier in the year. um, But has come back firing. He looked sharp. He looked pretty good in that match. Raymond Smith was excellent under pressure on some really good finishing um jamie hughes a little bit unlucky in his last i don't think he's won at the world championships in his last three appearances and they've always been pretty good performances against yozza um and this was just another case of that well bar ne- well bar last year because he was dealing with an injury against adam yes. Hunt, apart from that but I, I i totally agree um a word on raven though cam because he came back after the world championships in 2019 lost to alan really close affair and he has been very very good as well at the brisbane darts masters before he's obviously beaten michael smith there before he was knocked out of peter before peter Wright. i don't know jamie it's a big question whether it is the record one of them will be miserable now i don't know when it's going to be but uh, you know there'll be panic on the streets of london if there's any more that was already in. happening today yes well <laughs> yes correct um but going back to Raymond, though, Cam, especially with everything that's going on in Australia at the moment, how difficult it is to get out of that country to come and play in the World Darts Championship, this was a sensational effort from Raymond Smith. And now I think he's got a decent shot in his second round game, personally. If he plays like that, definitely, against Devin Peterson, who is in no swarm whatsoever. Well, that that's the biggest thing, isn't it? I mean, <clears throat> Devin isn't the Devin we saw... 18 months ago where he was looking like he was hitting some really good form he's firing loads of 180s and looking like he was unbeatable i mean i'll probably be tempted to say if raymond smith plays like that then he probably wins 3-1 again against devon the way we've seen devon playing recently um he was really really good under pressure and like i say it's it's a big thing just to be able to get over here for him to come and play it's not 
easy. It's not difficult. And But I hope he doesn't go too deep into the tournament just because the more we have to keep mentioning Australia, the more we keep mentioning the other sport that's going on with England and Australia at the moment. And I just don't want to talk about it. That's uh, fair. It's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a fair point. Uh, Raymond Smith is one of the contenders for player of the day today uh, that you can vote for in our poll if you are watching live, if you're voting as a, po- as a podcast. And another reason to join us live every day straight after the World Darts Championships uh, finish. Uh, but uh, Raymond Smith currently and Robbie John Rodriguez going up against each other. As the Wolf is in the chat room. Good evening, Niall. Hope you are doing well, buddy. Um, before we move on and hear from Raymond, that's a good question, Jamie. Yay or nay on a beer? Personally, I quite like it, but at the moment, I just wouldn't like to meet Yozza down a dark alley if it's looking like that, Blake, basically. I think it makes him look more menacing rather than anything Definitely. else. He looks really scary. Yes. Cam, you going with it? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah well, I mean... We always want people to have a bit of edge and like bring a bit to it and look like they actually mean business. So, yeah, let's have it. I'll have, I'll have the beer. I was just waiting for you to criticise somebody's facial hair with that. <laughs> Mine's terrible, I know. Yeah, I was say, out of the three this, of us, this doesn't probably... normally exist. This could just go. Cam keeps his all year round. And... Well, to be fair, it, just, it is just thicker, that bit of my beard. Like The rest of it's all the same length. I cut it on the same length, but it just is what it is. <laughs> well, let's so, talk yeah. about... Uh, Sponsorship is available. Yeah, yeah. let's get Manscaped on. And <laughs> As if they're not enough places. <laughs> I know. But our sponsors are great. Loyal Sports, make sure you bet with them. Here's Raymond yeah. Smith talking after his press, in his press conference after <laughs> meeting you. <laughs> Yeah, I look. I can play a lot better than that. I have been playing a lot better than that, and um, yeah, I don't want to say too much, but I know Devon's got some nightmares about Australia. So, um, but at the same time, he's he's been playing so well of late. So, yeah, look, I've got another couple of gears to step up. Obviously, he's playing better than he did. So, I'm not. Oh, look, I'm not scared of anyone that's in the draw, but um, you know, he's going to have to play well. And I'm guessing the time difference you enjoy the cricket. Uh, yes. <laughs> to be fair, I'm loving the cricket. It's going <laughs> so well. I was trying to be magnanimous, but stop it. We're playing so well. I've, 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 got, I've not listened to that. We, we really should watch these before we let Barzi put them on the I show. Know, know. <laughs> in other news, him saying he's got more gears to go after a 94 average in a, in a proper good battle worrying for everybody else considering the part of the draw he's in i think i was just about to bring this up gentlemen in that second part of the draw which is wide open uh which has seen the first and so far only seed fall in christopher tyski who's someone on this show believes is a different animal on television throughout the entire year but no he is not a better one <laughs> well anyway moving it's on into a beautiful butterfly <laughs> <laughs> from a bunch of of pigeon the Polish pigeon now. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. In that section of the draw, we all, we always seem to see someone come through who we didn't expect to see. Normally makes one hell of a run. I'm not suggesting that Raymond Smith is going to go automatically go and do that, but third, fourth round, potentially. I, I think Dibby's in trouble regardless of who wins tomorrow. That's the thing. If one of the Germans beats Dimitri... <laughs> That part of the draw is very, very open. You lost the fifth seed. You've lost the 12th seed. 
potentially going up against the 28th seed who has not had a good year by his own admissions. He was on um, the live lounge the other day, um, was very honest about his form, said he was hoping to get a few things right for the Players' Championship. Saw a little bit of an improvement, but not a massive one. He was on he was on the main stage for that as well. Raymond, if he's got more gears to produce, possibly even go in his favourite from our point of view. Um, and then you've got Steve Lennon, Mervyn King or Ryan Joyce. None of them are going to go berserk, I don't think. They're going to be what you'd expect from a James Wade type performance is the best way to describe it. Mid-90s, a good percentage of doubles, which means if Raymond produces what he's just done consistently, he can very much find himself in a quarterfinal. Yeah. I mean, I love how you've managed to shoe on James Wade into into a show where he's not even, he's not played today and he's not playing tomorrow, but... Two hey, he's in the start of the draw, and B, that is the James Wade performance. There's no other way to describe it. He's part of the second quarter, I'm allowing that. Normally, yeah. I wouldn't be, but I'm allowing that. <laughs> Ain't got a choice, I'm producing. I'll just give you that boot. <laughs> Let's let's move on very very quickly. Talk about Kalenrits against Yuki Yamada, the other uh, round one game in that session. And God, let's be honest about this. After at the first session, the first set, which was by Callan's own admission pretty poor, the second and third didn't really, it didn't really give it much. much, uh, Was not much coming back at him. Let's put it that way. Two of eighteen on the checkouts for Yamada. Darcy's nicked good. Well, no, but that is the issue. Two of 18, he's still average. Well, I say still average. He averaged 83 in doing so. Um, he is a player that, look, technically he's pretty sound. He's one that would definitely benefit from playing on the tour full time. Obviously, there has been an absence of the Asian tour this year, which obviously cost a lot of those players that will be involved in this event. Yuki Yamada, Lawrence Alagan. Give me more Lawrence Alagan. Give me more Lawrence Alagan. No Asian tour this year, so they haven't really had any competitive practice. Um, and then you look at the difference in the year that, that Callan Rids has had. Um, he went in big favour. He produced a professional performance. Like you said, not a lot coming back at him, but we know he's got more gears. And actually, it's a little bit more difficult to just keep your foot on someone's head when they're not really chucking anything back at you, especially with the amount of chances that Yamada is offering back up against him. Um, so, yeah, look, just job done from Callan Rids, who now goes above Chris Dobie in the world rankings, which he was very, very delighted about. Certainly was. Big game coming up, though, for Cam against Brendan Dolan. That could be a really good scrap. Really excited for that. It could, yeah. I mean, like we know Callum's got a lot more in the locker than what he showed today. And Brendan's been playing really well recently as well. Brendan looks like he's just sped it up a little bit and it's just worked absolute wonders. It's just, yeah, that's it. Get a little bit of that going. And, yeah, I think we could see. I think we could see a lot of 180s. I think we could see some really good scoring and some big finishes. And I think we'll see... A really good scrap. It's one of probably one of the best ties out there. And remember, of course, Brennan Dolan made the Players Championship Finals semi-final three weeks ago. So not a bad tournament for him there. What we will see what happens though when the two of them meet later on in the week. Um moving on, Ian White against Chris Lambert. No, Campbell will come to you first on this. And a big shock in this game. Ian White wins a game at the World Championships for the first time in four years. Unbelievable scenes, Jeff. Congratulations to him. It is, and he's made the third round for the third time, I think, in, in his history of coming here. Um, he's only once been beyond this point. Will yep. he go beyond it this time? Maybe not, but he, he played well today. Like, let's not take anything away from him. He did actually play fairly well today. He, was, he did what he needed to do. 
Lamont didn't really show up. He didn't play particularly well. Um, but he didn't have to play particularly well first round to get through either. So I think it was it was just solid from from Ian White. It's what you expect from him in this sort of a game, and he's just gone and got it done. How big is this a win for him, though, Gob? Because yes, okay, he's playing Gary Anderson third round. There are easier draws out there, but this is a big win for him to actually get up on the Ali Pali stage and get over the line and win one. In particular, when he's lost a shed ton of money on the rankings. I think that's the main thing. Ian White's ranking has dropped a bit like a stone this year. He hasn't had the European Tour back to defend an awful lot of what he'd earned. He struggled a little bit with injury, and he hasn't had the most productive year. On the floor, we're all aware of, of Ian White's not-so-great televised record. Um, so whilst this is big ranking-wise, and it, it gives him a decent little platform um, to, to go for next year, I, I'm not sure it's the be-all and end-all in Ian White's career. It's just the chance of more money, the chance to play Gary, who you never know in, in the World Champion. He's made it through. He's got a great record here, but he is not the Gary Anderson of three, four, five years ago. Um, so yeah, look, it gives Ian White opportunities, but he has to take those opportunities. Indeed, he does. But he is through into round number three, and he caught up with uh, the press conference crew, including our own Phil Bars, after his win. I think we'll send a few messages across to each other, won't we? But um, no, I'll be looking forward to it, and I think Gary will as well. I think he'll be on that practice board. You know, we'll, I'll do exactly the same. We'll get up there and we'll just play our dart. Do you believe him when he tells the world he doesn't practice? No. No. Not in a million years. No. It hurts me. Oh, you wouldn't believe me. You wouldn't believe how, how bad that's what... It hurt me watching me go down in Mankins. Um, and nothing you can do about it. Just sitting there watching people overtake you. Um, it's just... just can't do it about it, apart from get up there and try and try and win and I've gone through now I've got somebody on my rankings now because I wasn't defending anything he's not wrong indeed 23 in the world he goes up to regard uh, so far in this tournament and of course Gary versus Ian White I have a funny feeling that will be on Wednesday oh, sorry it will be on the Monday the 27th of December in the evening session uh, that will be no doubt or will be on the Tuesday I don't know which game it will be but it will be one of them uh, on the evening session uh, right we're going to move on to this evening's session and we are going to start gentlemen uh, with Raubi John Rodriguez, who has hit the second highest average of the tournament so far against Nick Kenny. Forgive me, because I was trying to do a number of things tonight. Was there any handshake between the two? Was there any acknowledgement? It didn't look like there was. Can't help you that. I didn't pick up on that. I uh, didn't notice, so I'm not sure. I'm sure someone in the chat would have seen this. So if there was, let me know. But it, 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 it looked like Nick Kenny God, was was fuming after that performance. I think he was a little bit disappointed. I think it's difficult to judge players on lack of contact, given COVID yeah. and the fact they're actively being encouraged not to. So look, unless there's any real animosity and you're pointing in each other's faces, I, I think it's just there might have been the odd nod or whatever and etc. But yeah. Kenny just looked devastated. I don't think there was anything any malice in it. Yeah, I know, I know there wasn't any like in the Ted Everts game. They didn't, they didn't. But that was Ted seemed reluctant to do so, but not out of anything sort of. There was no animosity. He just wasn't. 
Malachi says there was an acknowledgement all right. So that obviously means something potentially would have happened, but who knows? Uh, Nick Kenny has to go back to Q school, but let's talk about the Austrian goal. He was on fire, I thought, tonight. Really, really good stuff, in my opinion. Really, really good. He hit three 180s, yes. It was, it was a 9 21 of the checkouts, but his scoring power was was vast tonight. Nine 140-pluses in the game. He looks in a really good state. And more importantly than that, he's got Luke Humphreys. Who, yes, okay, he's made the World Court final before. Yes, Luke Humphreys, I understand that. But... There's something about Robbie John at the moment that I'm really, really intrigued by. I can't wait. I can't wait for this game. Really can't wait for this game. When Robbie John first made his, his breakthrough into the mainstream PDC from the development tour, um, he's always had a very good ceiling. He's always had a very, very high ceiling game. He's able to produce in ridiculous things. It was just the lack of a B game and the consistency. This year, despite not having a tour card, somehow... Um, he's he's bringing that B game. His consistency level has gone up. His, his, his bad games are a lot better than they were two, three years ago, which just makes him all around far more competitive than he was. Um, superb run at the World Cup uh, yeah. with Mensor Sulevich. Um, obviously, that helps every year. Um, although that spot may well be under threat from his brother next year. Um but yeah, look, he was superb in the performance and he's been superb all year and handled it really well because look, there could have been plenty of players that were rightfully miffed after the, the countback system at Q School last year. Marcus uh, talked about there why Rabbi John Rodriguez is ahead of Scott Waits. He's on countback because uh, Rabbi John Rodriguez has played in the World Championships and Scott Waits hasn't. And we talked about a certain Queen of the Palace potentially, Cam, uh, winning her tour card without having to go to Q School without uh, being a tour card holder. Ravi John's in the same boat, 62nd in the world right now. He'll get himself yep. a tour card. As yep. things he, is. Can. he is, and like you say, it's, it's a really good scrap, that next one that he's got coming up, isn't it? And he could very easily go on with that, and then that probably I would have thought would be enough for him. To, easily. Yeah. Easily would be enough. So, yeah, I, I thought he was really, really good today. I mean, like you say, if you include the one eight in there's twelve scores of one forty plus in ten legs. Like that's the thing, there were only ten legs in that game. He was that comfortable and dominant in it. It just was on another level. And I thought I think he's probably well, we know he's got more than that as well. He can go a level above that as well. So dangerous for, for anyone he plays and whoever gets through that game with him and Luke Humphries is gonna have to play really, really well. We will stay with you, Cam, and we will touch on this game now between Jim Williams and Ted Everts. As we said, it took Ted 17, I think, at one stage. Was it 19? I don't know. I think it was, I mean, two of 19 on the checkouts after the second set. And Jim Williams, fair play to him, took advantage. But after winning that World Youth Championship, it would have been a massive thing for Ted as well, coming back to the place of Alexander Palace, where the where the moment took place against Fallon Sherrick, for him to go and win this game. And it, it felt like at times he froze up there a little bit tonight, I thought, personally. Yeah, I completely agree. He still looked very much like he was clearly dealing with, with something from of sort of the hangover from what happened against Fallon up there because Let's let's not try and dress it up. He was absolutely awful on the outer ring in the first two 
set so he was all he was he couldn't have been any worse for most of it because i think he was not from 15 at one point um and then it seemed to click in for him after after that second set and he looked like he might make a little fight like he won the next set after that and he looked he all, all of a sudden he looked comfortable on the outer ring and looked like everything was going to go in but then jim just outlasted him which Fair play to him, because to be honest, he played with two darts for most of that match. That's something that he definitely needs to sort out before his, before his next game, because there was a dart on the floor almost every single visit, and it looked like the other two might fall out every time. <coughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, the, the moment I think that the game changed back in the favour of Williams, Gob, was when the set was level at one apiece, uh, at the fourth set, at least, after he had just hit a 113 average, when he was broke, when he broke the uh, Williams throw and Williams broke back straight away in the next leg when he could have broken his throw an 80 out shot he misses tots for it Williams then takes out the 120 to go and go within a leg of the match to this darts next leg from Evers to go and send us to a, a last leg decider in the in the fourth set and, and Williams cleans it up that 120 I think was the killer moment that Ted just going I've left myself too much to do here but full credit to Jim Williams you know it, He's a UK Challenge Tour winner. Can go on the tour if he wants to. And of course, as Chris Mason and Paul Nicholson have been saying all night on TalkSport 2, the Live League winner. Again, a Live League participant doing well. Mental, isn't it? Funny how that happens. Um, yeah. yeah, look, good result for Jim. Not so much the performance. Obviously fortunate that, that Ted's doubling was... What it was, um, will 100% have to raise his game for the next round. Um, gonna be honest, I'm not, I'm not convinced by Jim Williams' mentality. Um, didn't really look comfortable up there. Hasn't really looked comfortable in any PDC performance he's put in, and, and to some extent, every time I've ever seen him, he always looks a little bit edgy, a little bit like. He's not comfortable or not settled. Um, his darts go in at the most ridiculous angles. I think part of that is the grip and part of that is that he just floats them in. That There's no real force behind the action um, and it makes him a little bit vulnerable. And look, there's, there's been discussions about how he had to talk himself into taking that tour card next year. Not convinced that's the best move for him if that's the way he's going to approach it. Um, if he struggles to start the year, would be in a lot of trouble and, and then you've committed and, and that sort of thing. So but I think there's some, he's got more work to do. He can go away and get himself ready for the next round. Um, but I think after that, there, there, there would and could be some more thinking time for Jim Williams as well. Yeah, Jim Williams, though, coming through in the end, he takes <coughs> in the next round. Uh, we're going to move on, though. God will stay with you. Uh, Adam Hunt against Boris Kuchmar. Uh, this was an interesting game again. Um, I, I got a message through saying Adam Mickey Mouse at one stage. What the bloody hell was going on there? Because I missed the walk-on. Uh, he had a little Mickey Mouse tie that he was holding up as he started his walk-on. Um, just to jump in there, because God looked like he had no idea what he was talking about either. So <laughs> just, I'm not sure, not sure what that was about. I don't know what thing was with it but yeah i think he took it up on stage with well it didn't really matter what it looked like five 180s uh, f uh 15 100 pluses 
Um, nine of twenty-six on the checkouts means that the average has dropped to eighty-nine point two. If the average, if the checkout percentage was decent, it would have been mid nineties comfortably. Cam, um, Boris just couldn't quite buy a double again as well. Four of thirteen on the checkouts, it just didn't quite click for the big Croats, and he's going to have to go back to Q school. Yeah, he is, and he's really, really struggling at the moment. I've been saying all day in the lead up to this this match that with our friends at Boyle Sports, the best bet of the day was absolutely lumping on Adam Hunt at even money to beat Boris, who had lost eight competitive matches in a row, and which is part of why he's going to have to go back to Q School. Well, we say that. I say he's 59th in the world, 50 grand. I don't know whether that's going to be enough. Yeah. I'd like to think it will be. He might just about save his card. Yeah, but I'm not too I think sure. he's all right, just... But anyway, it's going to be tight. He's going to be on that bubble. There's no doubt about that. Another good performance for Adam Hunt. Remember, he made the third round here last year. Of course, as we said, beat Yozza uh, in that one. Um, and he will take on in the next round. I'm just trying to find out where he is. Vincent van der Voort, which is an interesting uh, tie gob. I reckon he could win that, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, needs to, to up it a little bit. Um, but Adam has, has had a decent couple of years on TV. He's another one that has come through the development tour, has built his game up, um, and he's competitive. And the biggest thing that these guys are learning is to win ugly or, or win with B games and don't have to produce their A games all the time. And Adam Hunt is another player that's been away and done that. And if he does produce his A game, we know he's very dangerous. Moving on. And the last match of the night which was Michael Van Gerwen against Chaz Barstow. And <clears throat> this is an interesting one for me, gentlemen. God, we will come to you first. You have been rightly talking about how Michael Van Gerwen... No, no, we're not. No. First of all, Sky TV. <laughs> there we go. Change oh, the promo. Change the bloody promo for, for, for MBG. <laughs> you muted me. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you do that? First of all, right? Biggest problem. No one has ever said that he would never win anything. No one has ever said that. Anyone with half a brain cell could tell you that no one's going to win anything. Also, that he's going to win something. Also, when they say when he says they say I can be beaten, you clearly can be. You haven't won a ranking title in over a year. So that's televised ranking title. No, televised ranking title. Sorry, on the t on Telebox, you ain't won a you ain't in a ranking title. So just change it for God's sake. Right, moving on. Okay, Gob, you have been saying for nearly over two years that Michael Van Gerwen is in a bit of crisis. Uh, for one, uh, for the back end of 2019, you were wrong. Uh, till March 2020, you were also wrong because uh, he he made a World Championship final and won the UK Open. Since then, though, I will concede. You're not too bad at predicting this. I just preempted it. I see it coming. I see it coming. There were chinks on this though, because of because that first set aside and the out, outer ring aside, the scoring powers there. The outer ring was bobbins. Uh, I, I actually think Wayne Mardle got this one bang on on commentary throughout the day. Mark Van Gogh panicked at all of the wrong times. Panicked in the first set when there was absolutely no need to panic and then looked as calm as anything in the second set when he was potentially a leg away. Um, was it a leg or was it two legs away from being two sets down and he, he produced the goods? The 130, um, the 130 cam was the big one, wasn't it? 
the one thirty that he uh, that um, Chas misses to then yeah, go double, that double five. I yes. thought that was going as well. It just looked you just fancied it to go after the after the one one six had gone earlier as well. You just thought this is going here because it was so perfect the the two treble twenties as well. Yeah, but going back to it, Gob, big moment that he'd come through at least. Not the best performance by any stretch of the imagination, but he's come through and he will now play Chris Dobie or um, Rich Rodriguez or Ben Robb, which isn't a bad draw to get, I'll be honest. Chris Dobie lashes him. Ooh. I've been saying it all week. <laughs> I can't wait until MVG beats him 4 0 just to see your face on the wall. Yeah, I'd, I'd like Chris Dobie and he's, he's very, very good when he's on his day, but. Nice. He's not winning that. Anyway. Sorry about that. Um, look, I just want a quick word on Barstow. Excellent. Yes, um, look, he was really looking forward to the moment and I think perhaps maybe got the approach to it a little bit wrong. The fact that he was just looking forward to the moment and playing Michael Van Gerwen up on that stage, etc. Um, he's a quality dart player and he showed that in the first set. He mopped up all of the opportunities that Van Gerwen gave him. Um, another one that has, has forged his game in the live league throughout the year. Um, but ultimately, that's the difference between the top, top guys and those just below or that are building their game among it. Chaz is very, very steady, very consistent, but he was always just a dart away. He always felt like he was he was a treble away in every leg to really put Michael under pressure as the game wore on. The first set, he stayed in touching distance enough, um, but it was very much like when Gerwin Price was under it the other night and Ricky Evans against Daryl Gurney. You're not going to produce them 1-4-6s constantly to keep you within touching distance. You have to score consistently. You have to give yourself the easy chances as well as taking out those big shots at the right moments. And Chaz will learn from that. He doesn't have a tour. He didn't have a tour card last year. Um, been super consistent. So, yeah, but a good test for Michael Van Gerwen. Another one that faces a pretty big gap between his between now and his next game, um, which I'm not sure is the best thing for him. I think he's another player that at the moment needs match practice to, to keep him going very much like a Gary Anderson type. Um, you think about it, Chris Dobie's game against Rich Jake or Ben Roll will be the last round two game before the break. So if they play on the Monday or the Tuesday night, which let's be honest about it, MVG plays on, a, on an evening session, no matter what, I don't know which one it will be, but it'd be an evening session. That'll be a massive help. So the only a three-day gap. And... Yes. But let's hear from... The highest average on the Pro Tour this year, but yeah. But MVG's averaged over 100 throughout the entire season. Don't you worry about my mate Chris, mate. Especially now Callum's giving him gym. You're be- you're, you're the best walk-on in darts, yeah? Yeah, great walk-on, Sam Chris. Superb. Let's hear from Michael Van Gogh. Now, the, now, I'll be honest with you, viewers and listeners, we don't know what MVG is about to say. However, our colleague Philip Barza said, and I quote, get your popcorn out. Here it is. He's got one thing right, and it's playing me in the final, but the other thing is absolute nonsense. Absolutely. But we all know he, I know, we all know he's full of himself, but deep in his heart he knows yeah, when I'm playing, the, if I play my game, they're all dependent on me. And no one can even, they're not even allowed to stand in my shadow. Good. Michael, you mentioned about the sacrifices for... 
I presume he's talking about Peter Snake Bike Ride. No, no, it's off not going price. Going price. Oh, is he? Oh, right. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for a nod from the guy in the background. It's going price. Right. Uh, price said he. Price said he would beat him in the final, didn't he? I think before the. Tournament. I didn't hear that. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't hear that interview. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, interesting. This. Darth. Yes. Yes. Can I just say very very quickly? We chastise Peter Wright. For seeing stuff like this, and if that was Peter Wright who came out of this saying that, we'd all be going, "What the bloody hell are you doing?" We yeah, said that most of last year, and now MBG, who has not won a ranking televised title this year, is saying that Das is nicked good. If you yeah, get my, working, mate, my issue with it is he's probably not wrong in that he says when he plays his best game that no one can probably live with him. I think we all probably agree, if he plays his best game, he's very difficult to live with and not many people ever beat him. But the issue is, right. the issue is, when when has he done that in the last two years? When has he consistently, week in, week out, or game in, game out, when we look at the Premier League or whatever we look at, when has he put two performances together back to back at any point? Or when has he consistently played at his best level? He hasn't. The only time I can think of was towards the back end of the Premier League this year. And even then, Johnny Clayton beat him with a 1-2-4 checkout that turned the game on its head in yeah. the semi-final. First time I've ever been beaten at a semi. But I agree with you. It seems rather silly to say something like this. When... He's, just, he's got to go and back it up, hasn't he? He's got to do what Peter Wright did and, and say something stupid and go and do it. Forgive me for saying this. Is he, he's not reached a televised final, a ranking final this year, has he? He's no, reached a televised final in which he nearly lost to Fallon Jerrick. But no, but he hasn't. He hasn't re- reached a televised final on the telly box in the rankings. Not a ranking one. No, he just no. the Nordic the Nordic Darts Masters, which he oh uh, European yeah European yeah. Championship. Excuse me, sorry. Yeah, which Thanks he lost. But it was crap in that final. Yeah, he lost to Rob <laughs> I keep. Oh, Sorry, I, I keep forgetting that the European Championships are actual an actual tournament. But you know, Rob Cross is in the Premier League for it. What do we know? Uh, let's see where MBG um, will end up uh, against either Christopher Rusi, Jack Rodriguez, or Ben Rob. But we are going to go and preview day number f- uh, five, five in the Big Brother House that is going to be uh, tomorrow. Uh, the evening session, by the way. Not just because of the obvious game, but the, Ger- the German derby is an absolute belter, and I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> tugboat oh, no. has got uh, taken over your tw- uh, has a tungsten toff taken over your keyboard, mate. Tug knows literally nothing else, but Tug knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Coyman over against Kai Smith starts us off tomorrow. Um, I am intrigued by this game because Mike Coivinhoven can play well at times, can play absolute garbage at times, and I don't really know much about Kai Smith, but if he's anything like his dad, we could be in for a really good game. Gob, where are you going first? Um, Good question. I'm going to say we get the father-son progressing. Really? Um, yeah. Look, Coivinhoven's had a steady year, not an excellent year. Um... Kai's Are you saying that because you want Kai Smith against James Wade? Not scared of anyone. Are you saying that just because you want Kai Smith against James Wade? No, I just 
think that he's just not scared of anyone. That that the, the new generation are just not bothered about anybody's reputation or what they've done or what they're capable of doing. They're going to get up, play their game, and I think Kyle Smith is another one of those. Cam, where are we going? Yeah, I, I'm glad you went to golf first on this one. Um, I know literally probably less than you about Kai Smith, um, other than the fact that he was the happiest man in the room tonight when he's had one. Um, that is true. So, uh, well, it wasn't time, it was yeah, I think they might have agreed to split their prize money. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but I'm, I'm on the same thing that if he's if he's cut from the same cloth as his as his dad is, he is solid on the outer ring, scores pretty well, and wins. I don't know what's going on. I'm 3-2. Uh, I should make it up. Yeah. Do you know what? I'll go with Mike Corbin over 3-1 uh, purely because I know a little bit about Mike. I know nothing about Kai Smith. But Winita's going with uh, Kai Smith 3-1. Surprise, surprise. Back in the Aussies. A uh, load of people as well going with Smith as well. A couple of other people in the chat room. Corbin over 3-0 for Brandon. Make sure you get your predictions in. Uh, the Aussies are taking over the Sunday afternoon session. It feels wrong that they're playing at 12.30 when no one's going to be up, really, in Australia, apart from Winita. As they take oh, no, we might be awake, drowning yeah. our sorrows. <laughs> yeah. It's not the same as us. Yeah, it's just... The Barmy Army, the Bar- uh... the Barmy Army will still be saying, unconditional support, please buy our merchandise. After yeah, a day of lacking. We should it's probably, really... to be fair, just hope for an Aussie loss and we'll England... see that. England could get rolled over tomorrow for 70 all out, and the Barmy Army Twitter account will still be back the lads, unconditional support. By the way, here's our merchandise that we're selling in this pub. Come and get it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Gordon, mm, Gordon Mathers is in, obviously replacing uh, one Rodriguez from Spain, who unfortunately tested positive for COVID. He takes on Jason Heaver, who has been very, very, very good uh, this year, been very consistent. Uh, I'm going to go first on this for once and I'm going to back Jason Heaver not because of uh, Gordon being an Aussie um, but I just think that Jason Heaver is the better player I think he's been very very good so far this season um, very consistent on the pro tour finished 15th on the order of merit and I think that he's he's really played well in his first year as a tour card holder so I'm going to go Jason Heaver 3-1 uh, Cam your, your decision as well please yeah I think I'm going to go with you on this one um, like you say he has been very consistent and I think he'll probably just have a little bit too much. Um, I think I think it'll be close. So I think three two. I don't think he'll. I don't think we're going to see. I think we're going to see more competitive games tomorrow than what we saw today. I think we're going to see a few. There's a, quite a few up there that are going to be pretty close. So yeah, three two. Job. You know, yesterday it was just a really long session. Yes. This is well. This is the game in the session that goes long. I think that was actually going pretty quick. But this is the game in the session that, that takes a while. Um, and I think Heaver wins three two. Moving on, <clears throat> Alan Suter against Diogo Portela. Third game on now. Diogo Portela obviously beating Steve Beaton last year with the only night with fans at the World Darts Championship. Alan Suter. Started his Pro Tour career brilliantly, made the last 16 in the UK Open, and since then he's gone sort of like that. Not To be fair, not dropping like a stone, but he's gone a little bit like that. He hasn't really been performing since. That brilliant start to his PDC career. Uh, Gob, however, saying this though, I'd still make him favourite against Diego Portela, who we haven't really seen much of again because South American darts isn't exactly on the rise at this moment in time, particularly in Brazil, where there's a few COVID issues there, let's put it that way. 
No, but what is on the rise is is the live league, and he has played in that a little bit. Um, yes. Been glimpses of Diego. Look, there, there are glimpses of his A game, but I'm not sure if he turns up with anything other than his A game. He beats Alan Suter tomorrow. Suter has had a, a very very good year. Um, we've seen he's putting in the practice, been working a lot with Sean McDonald, who plays at quite a similar pace to Diogo at times as well. So look, that will all benefit him as well. Um, I'm going to go 3-1 to Suter in this one. I think Diogo pinches the set. He, he seems to love that that stage up there and, and look, put him in front of a TV camera. Diogo seems to do something every single time. But, yeah, I'm going 3-1 Suter. Cameron? Um, yeah, I, I think Diogo stole our hearts last year with his win, didn't he? And his, his reaction to the win. I'd love to see it again. Um just as much as the fact that he's just quite entertaining, isn't he? And he's got, he's got a new joke every day on Twitter. He's, he's quite fun to follow. Don't encourage them. <laughs> everyone loves everyone loves, everyone loves right. a dad joke. Um, so, but yeah, I think he gets a set. But I think that's it. I think two twins, three one. I hope he tries to dab a one eighty, and if he's just nowhere near. <laughs> uh, Stephen Buttoning is Ross Smith rounds off the afternoon session really good game this I'm really intrigued by this uh, Bunting loves the set play format clearly I mean former Lakeside champions no doubt about that but made the last four of the world championships last year was leading Gerwin Bryce at one stage four sets to three uh, in the semi-final and made the semi-final of the world Grand Prix where he played I think he played Gezi as well didn't he yeah, because it was Clayton versus Noppy, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah so we played Gezi a couple of times. He isn't actually, I don't think, uh, in the same section uh, as Gezi. He is, actually. He's in the same section as Gezi. Uh, he's 16 seats, and we're playing the last 16. So, I don't know what it is for Stephen Bunting, the poor bloke, but he just seems to get Gerwin Price, potentially, all the way. But in order to do that, he's got to get past a Ross Smith, who has won a pro tour, same as Bunting this year, back in the winner's circle. Um, this is an intriguing matchup, Cameron, I think, and I don't know where I'm going. But do you? Uh, yeah, it is an intriguing matchup. I think this will be a, a really good game, and I think it will be a tight game. And I think that Ross Smith wins 3 2. I think he just looks more and more comfortable on the stage. He looks he's he's got that scoring power that he can that he can live with anyone <laughs> when he's on. And we see the, not to be biased at all, but we see the Online Darts logo go into the next round. Jordan, it's not the first sudden death of the year, buddy, unfortunately. Uh, no, no, it is. No, I apologise. Yes, it can go. Yes, of course, it can go. The tiebreaker can go to 6-5. Absolutely. Yes, it can do. Definitely. My apologies. I think it's around two. Uh, Gob, where are you going? I actually like the call from Jordan. I think this one goes all the way. Um, they can both match each other with the 180 scoring power. They're both able to bang in that big finish. Um, the curse of Ross Smith on the European Tour, you can threaten a nine darter as can Stephen Bunting. I mean, that will be the third of the tournament. I've got a banging headline for when that happens, by the way. Can't wait for that. Um, but that being said, I, I think Bunting pinches it in a last set. <sighs> See, I don't know. <clears throat> I think Bunting wins this. I think he wins it 3-1. For me, he's playing some good stuff in set play. He knows how to get over those deciding legs. And I think he will uh, will go through and will still only lose that one seed who is a different animal. Um, moving on to Mutt Time Clearmaker. I, I just realised as well that when I called in the Polish pigeon before, that's not, it's not a good analogy really because pigeons actually deliver. 
<laughs> it's almost as if God fever. I love it. <laughs> bit, it's no desperate to nibble right now, isn't he? He really is. <laughs> oh God! Stop! Oh. Bring him back! Bring him back! Can we get moving on? By the way, it's fine. It's been online in an hour again. Yes, we're gonna. Get, we are gonna do. Hope to get inside the hour. Martin Clearmacker against John Michael. Uh, look. I love me some John Michael. I love me the walk-on. I think he's brilliant. However, he's not a very good darts player. Certainly not at the moment. Martin <laughs> wins this 3-0. <laughs> he's just not. Oh. At the moment, he's been bobbins. <laughs> I can't do this every night in front of a... <laughs> Name me a time at this moment in the last two, three years that he's actually been decent. Gibraltar, 2019. Congratulations, once. Uh, yeah, but you weren't expecting the once. Yeah, more than you were thinking. You were starter, so let's crack on. That being said, clear Maka wins this one, three, one. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, one, three, one. Thank you. Right, this though, uh, I, I, I want to move on quickly from that game because I'm with that with the best one in the world. Not interested. This game, this next one is fantastic. Florian Hempel, Martin Schindler, give me the German derby. I can't wait for this. I'm very, 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 very excited. Um, there's that many berries. I feel like I feel like I'm very .co.uk at this moment in time. Florian Hempel against Martin Schindler. Really excited for this game. I've got no idea where it's going to go because I friggin' love me some Hempel and Shindigity's in my fantasy team and he's been playing some really good stuff, particularly down at the slam. I'm going to go with Schindler winning this one. I'm going to go say Schindler wins his 3-2 in a classic, an all-time classic. Yeah, you go first. I am. Because yeah. I'm hosting a bugger off camera. <laughs> I love how you call him Shindigity and I just refer to him as Augustus Gloop as well. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a bit Schindler as well. Um, Schindler's never lost to Florian Hempel, just to, uh, to drop that in there. So. Since I when do you do bloody research? I, I, just taking it easy these days. It's not like I mean, that TikTok page. This isn't that kind of show. I know, I've started doing research. I've just, probably just don't start telling us how big each of the players' tackles are. We'll be all right. <laughs> so I doing research. I've stopped turning up absolutely wallops every time that I come on. What's going on? Schindler 3-1. Gob. Ample 3-1. Ooh, interesting. Right, uh, there's another, third, there's another, uh, another game on, is there? In, in the round one? Steve Beaton plays some player. I, I don't know. We haven't heard much about Fallon Cherrick, have we? It's not been enough talked about it, I don't think. Sky need to mention it more. Actually, no. They actually would mention it more if I said that. So definitely don't do that. Um, look, the Queen returns to the Palace. This is the match that casuals will be watching. Uh, I'm sure that we're going to get some decent figures for this game against Steve Beaton. And if Steve Beaton, he will get booed, no doubt in the Alexander Palace Hall, but should not be. He's a bloody legend. And it's another re reason to hate the crowd. Having said that, though, I'm very unsure on this game, but Cameron seems to be. So I'm going to let you go first, mate. Go on. 
Yeah, so we all love Steve Beaton. Steve Beaton's fantastic. We weren't sure that Steve Beaton would come back again this year after last year. We thought it might have been his last go. Um, he, If anyone's not going to be bothered, whether the crowd get on his back or not, it's going to be Steve Beaton. He's been there a hundred thousand times. He's not going to care one little bit. That being said, the Queen continues to reign and she wins 3-1. Go didn't get it ready in time. Damn it. Um, what are you trying to get? I was gonna, I was gonna wear my pink hoodie as well again, but it's in the wash. Just a picture that says, "I think I'm in love." We're beating up, regime. No, just for Cam for Fallon. All right. <laughs> um, Stevie Beaton stays alive. We were worried about losing his talk at the start of the year, and he goes out and produces. Um, swears Uno 3 1. I think Fallon wins, and I think she wins 3 2. And we get more of a discussion about Fallon Sherrick potentially winning her tour card through the order of merit. I know we're all very looking forward to that. Finally, by the way, that the yeah. game that Fallon needs to win her tour card, yes, would also open the door victory for her would secure her tour card and open the door for peter wright to be world number one because if price makes it past that round he cannot be caught yes and i know actually yes she would have to be she'd have to be going price yes she would do because otherwise yes because barney at the moment's on forty six thousand pounds so it's very very interesting yes indeed she will but uh i'm sure the talk will still be made by sky sports that's how we go. Anyway, final game. <laughs> really intrigued by this game, actually, because Johnny Clayton has won the most TV uh, most TV titles out of anybody this year. He takes on Barry Keane or Keane Barry if you're new to the channel. Um, I'm quite intrigued by this game, I think, um, because, Gob, Clayton is obviously a different animal on television this year. However, he's also got a horrendous record at the Palace. Yeah, they had a horrendous record in most places before last year, and then the man just wins. That's also like it's like he's taking candy at Halloween for Christ's sake. Just helps himself to whatever he wants. Um, I think he wins tomorrow. I'm not sure he wins his title. I, I genuinely think that is a, a conversation to be had. Um, I'm not sure Johnny goes all the way at this one. I thought if he was going to pick up another title this year, it would have been the Players' Championships. I agree. Um, that being said, I think he beats Keen Barry, and I think he beats him three-one. Um, I'm not sure we see Johnny Clayton going and rampage 105 and 50, 60% on the doubles that we know he's more than capable of. Possibly see that for a set, um, but I think Keen Barry will pinch one, 3 1. Cameron, final prediction of the day? Um, yeah, I, I've sort of, I'm not sure Barry Keen gets a set in this. I was massively unimpressed with his first round game and. I just think that Johnny Clayton, like we say, is, it doesn't matter what his previous record is on, on this stage because that Johnny Clayton and this Johnny Clayton are, are not the same person. They're basically, any of his record before the last two years, you might as well just wipe it clean and just not even think about it. So I think he'll go up there, he'll do a professional job. He'll probably average about 97, 98, a couple of ton pluses, and he'll win 3 0 pretty comfortably. I think. 3-1. I'm going with Gob. I think Clayton does beat Keane Barry 3-1. 
Um, but Barry Keane, I think, will get a set. And, gentlemen, that is where we're going to leave the fallout bar for tonight. Jack Gobby Garwood, Cameron Farley, thank you very much for joining us. And also, Philip Bars, the chat is also uh, trying to stoke the fire of Fallon in the Premier League. Uh, if you want to watch Matt Porter's yeah. thoughts on this, uh, you can do it already. It's on the YouTube channel. Uh, where we are right now. So when we finish off here and sign off in just a moment, make sure that you go straight over or we'll stay on our YouTube channel, actually, and watch all the interviews that we've got for the day, including the whole thing about Michael Van Gerwen. And Philip Barr says that she's in. I don't know whether that's his thought process or whether that is that he's got the inside knowledge. We will talk about that, I'm sure, a little bit later on uh, into the week. Um, but as I say, stay on our YouTube channel. Go and have a look at all the interviews that we've done for today. There are eight there for you, so join us uh, for that. Uh, or if you're listening as a podcast, go on to our YouTube channel, just search Online Darts TV, and you will be able to find us. We will be back tomorrow and around about 11 o'clock when we will know if Fallon Sherritt will be into the second round of the World Darts Championship, whether it be Steve Beaton there, Johnny Clayton King, Barry Florian, Hempel, Martin Schindler, and some other game not interested in. Uh, that will be the big game uh, tomorrow. Very, very excited about Florian Hempel against Martin Schindler. And an afternoon session as well, containing a BDO World Champion as well. MVG powers past Barstow on day four of the World Championships. Lavanauskas' lucky streak continues with a nine data. That's as lucky as it gets, though, as he loses to Mike Decker. Uh, Robert John Rodriguez is the second highest average of the tournament to defeat Nick Kenny. Uh, you've also got Ian White beating Chris Lamman 3-1 for his first World Championship win in four years. Uh, also through uh, today... Uh, in all the action are Callan Rids, uh, Raymond Smith coming through 3-1 against Jamie Hughes for his first win at the World Championships as well. And Ted Everts uh, losing 3-1 to Jim Williams uh, in that one. And I'm beating Boris Kutchmark 3-0. Thank you very much if you've been watching with us live uh, tonight. Uh, thanks again as well for listening to the show as a podcast. As I say, we'll be back tomorrow. It's around about the same time. As soon as play finishes, you can join us late night for a Sunday session of double darting drama we, as we continue with the World Darts Championship. Thanks again to our friends at Boyle Sports for sponsoring the show and for sponsoring our World Darts Championship coverage. I've been Jada Thieten for Jack Gobbigar with Cam McFarlane. We will see you soon. Take care. A very good evening. <laughs>